Thanks for listening to the Roman Circus Podcast, a weekly dive into death-defying discussions of Catholic culture, tradition, and history. I'm Matt Baker, and with me for the first time, Patrick Nevy from The Crunch. Hello. That's actually how Zach says hello when I introduce him on the podcast, so it's great. Wait, really? We're sliding right into, uh, yeah, it's old hat around here. Tweet us at Roman Circus Pod. I'm at Hey, it's Matt Baker. Zach is at Zach Mabry, Z A C Mabry. Patrick is at Catholic Pat. Email us podcast at Roman Circus Blog.com. You can find us on iTunes. Rate and review us if you want. You can also find us on Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever podcasts are sold for free. All right. <laughs> so I think it's good that you do all that stuff at the beginning because, like, nobody listens to our podcast after that little like five second bleep they're like oh it's over i'm just gonna go to something else now but we have important things to say usually yeah so it's yeah you gotta hook them with all the business stuff and then you uh keep them keep uh they come for the business they stay for the fun it's like a mullet (laughs) yeah business in the beginning party all the way through party in the back and (laughs) you know what i mean yeah no i i listen to this podcast called history on fire it's really great um, but the issue is that it's like two and a half minutes of ads at the beginning of the I episode. And I'm just like, uh, skip, 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 skip. So it's a dangerous game putting it at the beginning and the end catching foxes puts it right in the middle. Right. So that's, I guess that makes sense. If you like, don't know how to skip an ad, mm-hmm. you would, you would get hooked by that. ad. But I like when ads aren't just read, they're funny. You know what I mean? So you're just like, mm-hmm. uh, you guys talking back and forth. Anyway, I re- all I'm ta- all I'm saying is I really like how Catching Foxes does ads. I'm not supposed to talk about them anymore. Our lawyer said we couldn't. Yeah, I, um, because the, the restraining order hasn't gone through, but it's just you know it's always safe. I'm still trying um, to figure out the <laughs> logistics of who whose podcast rivals with who because uh, Zach just went on uh, Catholic Hipster podcast last weekend. And he was oh, yeah? he was worried if he could mention catching foxes because he wasn't sure if they were rivals. I don't know. I'm still I'm still trying to navigate the weird Twitter weird rivalry, weird Catholic Twitter weird rivalry. I so. think the way that the the help here's what I used to help me remember. Um, nobody really hates anybody, and everybody's friends. Oh, okay. Well, that makes everything so much more simpler. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that. That we clear that up because, like, that's I mean, I know the crunch we make fun of catching rocks all the time, and they make fun of the crunch all the time. But mm-hmm. the the real reason why they do that is because we're basically the kitty version of catching foxes. Like, if you like catching foxes and don't like swearing, but yeah. you like butt jokes, you know, right? But you know, then then go go to go to the crunch. But if you if you like the crunch, but you also like jokes about some other anatomy on the human person, then mm-hmm. go right on over to Catching Foxes and hear your daily dose of sexual humor. Did they? Are they? This is going to sound insecure, but this is not how I mean it. But are they older than me? Are they? Like, um, do you know? They're about the same age. Oh, I should disclaimer that joke about Catching Foxes. They don't always swear. They mm-hmm. talked about that recently on an episode. They have an explicit tag, but uh, they don't like gratuitously swear. I don't know. I. In my in my personal life, I talk like they do sometimes. Right. But on the podcast, I don't because I it needs to be safe for the little ears in your backseat. Sure. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think they're about the same. No, nah, they're a little older. Yeah. Okay. That that makes me feel good. I don't know. It doesn't. I make, hope they're it, listening. I don't know. I think they're in their forties. It doesn't make <laughs> me feel anything really. I sh- oh, by the way, I'd like to point out that if you're listening to this but you have not listened to the crunch episode this is part two of this duo we did part one and it's on the crunch and it was released a few days ago so go back and listen to that and then come listen to this and yeah yeah we recorded it today so we we don't even there's no gap for us oh yeah no this is this could this could be uh if we put it all together, this could be like one of those four four and a half hour hardcore history podcasts that take you like. Oh, I love hardcore history. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. This is like this is like a teenager's teeth post braces, no gaps. Unfortunately oh. for you listening, you guys are like Madonna's teeth, a huge gap. A huge gap. Um, 
Oh, so good. Oh man, wait. I'm this is my podcast, so I actually have to lead this one. Oh no. Yes. I just yes, you do. I just realized this whole world just came crashing down right on me. Yeah, I'm like I'm taking a big sigh of relief cuz like I was I was I was so happy that you actually started the conversation cuz I had no freaking clue what we were going to talk about. But yes. now we know what we're talking about. So how how about you, Matt? You 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 lead us off. Well, do do you want to continue cuz we were talking about the idea of evangelization and uh you know the difference between getting upset and getting angry and how it all kind of fits into it i guess what it boils down to is just everyday catholicism right like us in how we have to act in public would yeah. you, would you be fair would that be fair to say i mean i would say like how we act in public but also how we handle ourselves interiorly because the outside always reflects the inside you know there's True. nothing that goes into the body contaminates it it's what comes out of the body so it's like um my here's a really good example so my girlfriend phoebe shout out phoebe this isn't my podcast so i don't know if I can you do can shout, shout out, out still, people but... that's fine cool cool all right i'm glad i didn't know how it worked here at the roman circus podcast llc industries <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that was an inside joke from last podcast so catch up suckers all right um so yeah, uh, Phoebe, towards the beginning of our relationship, was talking about how she doesn't like it when people get angry at her. She like doesn't really know how to handle that. And so we were talking once about, like, I w- sometimes will get angry with her, but won't tell her. And mm. so, or like, won't I like think about, I'll think angry thoughts. And I'm like, man, I really should say this thing. That'll really get her. And then I can tell her all about this and be really mad. And then I told her once, I was like, yeah, I, I, I think of all the horrible things I could say. And she's, and I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm like, I need, I need to cool off a little bit. She's like, don't think those things. And I was like, yeah, Phoebe, that's really, that's a lot easier said than done. But you know, I'm doing it. I'm not getting angry at you. She's like, no, Patrick, you're still getting mad at me. Sure. Now I just don't know. You know, so it's 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 not it's not I'm not doing anyone a, a service because I'm still thinking angry things about this person that I love, but she's not aware of those things and she can't help me fix this anger. So it's it's that's that's why bottling things up is so bad is because you're still angry. It's like you go you're not letting anyone know. Right, you go down the anger road but you just kind of come to a cul-de-sac, right? You can't, there's no outlet. There's no, you just have to sit there in this cul-de-sac and stew in these thoughts. No, that's exactly. a good, that's a great point. I find, and I also retain anger. Like I'll, there are things that I'll be reminded of that make me angry in a situation. I was angry that, and I remember those a lot more than the situations where I was upset and actually communicated with the person I was upset Right. Cause you just kind of, you just kind of let it go. Like it's what, what happened happened. And, uh, that's the end of it. You know, like the, the most angry, the angriest f- fight like I've ever been in with a friend happened. I don't know, four years ago, maybe three, four years ago. And I mean, it was, it was at work and it was not pretty. Right. But like I don't remember it. I, I I I remember it, but I don't think about it a lot because it happened and we got it all out of our system and we were good within thirty minutes because that's how dudes roll, and and it just kind of cleared itself up, right? Like if I, but if we if I was still harboring all those thoughts, I would probably be stewing in them to this day. Yeah, so. I think we just don't know the difference between bottling things up and letting things go you know because they both have the same exterior output right it's just oh i'm angry about something and now on the outside i'm not angry about something Mm -hmm. and so in in what we're talking about earlier with evangelization it's about it's about understanding how to let things go um turn the other cheek comes to mind no it's a how do how do you do that if someone hits you in the gut with for instance one time my fundamentalist friend said to me and now i laugh about it now he saw my scapular and he was like, Hey Patrick, your graven image is showing. And I was like, <laughs> and that, that's exactly my point. I was like, I could freak out on him and ruin this whole trip to Disney. We were at Disney, by the way. Perfect time um, to say something like that. Perfect. Perfect time to do something like that. But I just brushed it off or I could have said something snarky like, you know, Tim, uh, graven images aren't scapulars. That's like an imprinted image. Graven means engraved, but I didn't. <laughs> 
instead i just laughed and let it go and who knows his his response to that might have been wow patrick's really good at keeping it keeping it locked and like not letting his anger get in the way of his love for me he must love me a lot wow he's a good christian you know right. like that could have that could have been the direction it went in or i could have exploded at him at disney world <laughs> and he could be like man um patrick is not a real christian because he lost his cool and didn't know how to take a joke so those are two those are, that's that's an example of letting it go on the other hand if he had said something very very specific and bad like we talk about people very specifically saying things about the blessed mother right that that's that's a go-to like your mom joke that that affects everyone mm-hmm. regardless of whether or not they say it does you might have to process that and the the difference between letting it go and letting it out you have to know the right place in the right time and for evangelization purposes letting it out is definitely not going to be in that person's face one thing i like to think about zach and i talk about this off air a lot is the idea of they don't believe any of this so like if if someone trashes the virgin mary like obviously you don't want that but it you have to start with the place of like okay they they don't believe what we believe right so their their compass is already completely wildly off so you're not you're not actually arguing with a a reasoning a reasonable person at that point right cuz yeah. so if you can start with that and kind of like temper wanting to bring out the guns and fire away like if you start with the idea of well this this person they don't believe it you can you can kind of come at it from a place of like okay dude just chill and let's let's if you want to have an actual conversation we can but you shouldn't if you if you want to discuss something regardless of who it is you shouldn't come out guns ablaze and trashing them right no like even not even out of a catholic context like if you're going to have a conversation about a friend with another friend and you want it to be a serious conversation you're not going to say like oh well jack you know jack is a dirty filthy scumbag who's an idiot and we all hate him but let's like talk about him right so yeah the the idea of well they don't they don't believe any of this is kind of important too because the goal is to get them to want to believe it um and also i (laughs) i have the most i actually have the most disdain and the most kind of uh when i want to get real snarky is when when people say things like why do why do catholics care about mary so much you know that that classic line and and all i all i ever say is oh you mean the mother of god like if you can't i if you can't if you can't believe that like i don't know what to tell you man like that's why we care about her yeah and it's we talked about we talked about like shifting your perspective or shifting someone else's perspective from the lesser good to the greater good. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's also about you know your anger is about shifting your own perspective, like you said, or just taking taking it like that of like an affront to the Blessed Virgin Mary is not someone who knows her glory and is actively trying to attack her. It's someone who doesn't know her glory and you just told them like, Oh, you mean the mother of God? And then they're like, well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. She is the mother of God. Maybe right. there is something to Mary. I, I was looking through some, some, some tweets. Cause someone told me that they're like, Oh, this is your best tweet ever. And I was like, uh-uh, <laughs> it's not my best tweet ever. And so I'd like look through my old tweets. Right. And I found this one that was a screen grab of a conversation between a Protestant and a Catholic that I know from Twitter and they were like, why do Catholics pray to saints? Why not just pray directly to the big guy? And he said something along the lines of like, well, it's kind of like a family meeting or it's like, you know, you talk to your mom and you talk to your dad and all this stuff. And there's no reason why they can't pray with us. Right. And then the guy goes, yeah, actually, that's a really good point. I never thought of that. There's no reason why people in heaven can't pray. They're the closest to God. And I was like, wow. That's the first time I ever saw someone change their mind on the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like, oh, this this actually got really boring really quickly. Like, can you guys not agree so much right off the bat? Yeah, could you please like go at each other's throats? At least quote the tweet and make fun of the person so I have something to laugh about. You know, come yeah. on. We're here for the fisticuffs, man. 
Yeah, we're not here for some. We're not here for ecumenism, whatever that is. Yeah, well, the good like, and also the thing you can tell them is like they're gonna like, the saints. The saints, you don't ask for their help so that they. It's not like, oh well, dad won't give it me this, so I'm gonna ask mom. It's like that. No, the saints are gonna end up doing the will of like help like acting in the will of God, right? Well, I guess not acting, yeah. but because God is the one who acts, but. Um, the the saints are not going to pray for not the will of God. So, um, yeah. So it's like asking someone to pray for you if that person was staring at the face of God and could never sin again. So it's like having asking someone to pray for you, but better. <laughs> you want to? I I just remembered a huge like kind of along these lines a huge a story that happened. I guess it was uh, maybe like two weekends ago. It's a big. Yeah, like a big realization moment for old Matt Baker. You want to hear it? I absolutely do. And this is also your show, so it's not really my choice. Oh, it is my show. I keep forgetting. Oh, I have to. Keep forgetting. <laughs> I have to do stuff. Um, you're, wait, you're not going to upload this for me and tweet about it? Oh, okay. Nope. <laughs> so, uh, anyone who listens to this podcast regularly hears that Zach and I go to the Latin mass, not the same parish, but we go, like I go to the Latin mass out here in Los Angeles and he goes in Dallas. And, um, every now and then shock horror. Don't, don't tell my fellow trads. I go to the Novus Ordo. Don't tell him I can't, I don't want to lose my, uh, I don't want to lose my credibility, Patrick. Street cred. <laughs> yeah. So for purposes of this, I will not be referring to myself. I'll be referring to a friend I know. No. Um, so anyway, a few weekends ago, I went to a parish. Uh, it was like a half hour away from where I live, but I was going to a dinner that night. So I figured I would hit mass close to them and then go to the dinner. And this, a I'm not I'm not speaking as a touchy trad when I say this. Like this was this was a rough one. It really was like it was by any by any standard it was just it was a rough one. And it cuz it it was just the classic like just things like the usher was talking out loud during the mass, during important oh, times no. in the mass. You know, things like just things like that, right? Or like uh, any chance, any chance the priest who, you know, is a nice person, but any time he could, he was running away from the altar, like down to be with the people, just things like that. Like these things where it's just these like, you know, and a a bunch of other things. But so I, I, you know, I had to control my internal upsetness, right? And, but then it hit me. Like, no, this is not, this is all, first of all, it's all coming from a good place, which I know good intentions and that whole saying and all that. But I started, I I started looking at these things. It's going to sound dorky to say out of love instead of like, why, like the usher, why in the heck is the usher doing this? Right. Well, then I realized like, no, in this, in this community, not saying it's correct or incorrect, like he was given this job and if they tell him it's it's his job and he has to do his job then that is what he is there for that that's what he's going to do now i can say he i don't think he was doing it correctly but he was told to do this thing and he was doing it right or yeah. um the everybody when i when i went up for communion everybody was turning around cuz in Los Angeles, they process from back to front, so the further the back pews go to communion first. Um, so, but everybody was turning around and like staring at me while I was walking up, and it was just so like, and it was so just weird and kind of caught me off guard. Um, but the, the overall point I'm making is Matt. BC Matt Baker a few weeks ago probably would have been like on the verge of tears because of just rage, right? At all this stuff that I perceive to be minor liturgical abuses going on, you know, now I'm not yeah. saying I'm correct. I'm just saying my thoughts, right? 
but I, I just kind of started realize looking at them as a community and looking at the actions and realizing like none of this, none of this comes from malice. None of this comes from a bad place. This is just this church and this is what they're doing. And it, yeah. com- and it completely, it completely like it put me at ease. Um, it, it took away the fire hot trad rage and it hit, which we all get. I mean, right. Obviously what, who, who of us hasn't, you know, wanted to clench to the 1962 missile and throw it in everyone's face. I don't know. Um, but, (laughs) but no, but it, it, I still had, I, I still had my troubles with what was going on, but because I was looking at it from a place of love and a place of these, like, these are good Catholic people who want to be a part of the the mass, right. And be at mass. It, it, it calmed me. It, it made me like, it was just, it was a weird feeling. And I, I couldn't stop thinking about it for like a week. And it just shows, that makes sense. yeah, it just shows that if you're in a situation where you're, not happy with what's going on uh you know, just like come if you come at it with love instead of anger and it it will just change your entire mood now i'm not saying i will go back to this church for this mass i'm just saying but i'm i don't i don't by any means hate it and i don't even actually think about it in anything other than love now so, yeah, that's kind of my story of what happened to me that kind of changed my outlook on and how I kind of deal with things. So, That's awesome. That reminds me of something. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a youth minister, and he was really, he was really bummed out, honestly. He was talking about how he feels like he's not um, doing anything and he feels like he's not making a difference because he has kids that are like, they're coming to youth group and all that stuff, but they're Snapchatting during the liturgy. Oh yeah. And it's, and it's understandable. That's disheartening when you look at someone and you don't understand what's in front of you and you want to shift their, like we were saying earlier, you want to shift their eyes from the lesser good to the highest good in one fell swoop, but you can't do that. You got to kind of ease them into it. And your first response, we go back, go back and listen to the crunch episode because this is all we were talking about earlier. It's not their fault, right? That it, it's not their fault at first. Right now, it is kind of, but it's not their fault at first that they're addicted to their phones, right? It's not that ki- that that kid has been fed that phone by the culture. If right? I had that Snapchat kid, when I was sixteen, I would have probably wanted to Snapchat during mass, also. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're an idiot and you're a kid. Like I'm still, I'm 21 and I'm still an idiot. You know, you, you get these things and you just, you don't know how to deal with them. Right. And we're giving these incredibly addictive devices to children and all this stuff. And y- you can be really mad at the culture for feeding that kid the phone. Mm-hmm. Don't be mad at the kid right. for being fed the phone, first of all. And also love him for being caught in this system that's a that's keeping him from living a full life because he can't even sit still at mass for an hour because he needs to be in touch with his friends. He thinks that's his community, all that stuff. Right. So I would say again, you know, be upset at the system, be upset at the culture for creating this culture of indifference when it comes to the mass, be upset that that man has been fed this lie by the world that the mass is something to be talked through. Don't Mm -hmm. hate him for his sin love him because he's caught in the system and while you're holding on to him understand that he's not going to change right away and you're going to have to be with him while he's changing from while he's shifting his focus from the bad to the good and sometimes he's going to slip and look back at the lesser good and then he's going to move back towards the higher good Mm -hmm. if you want a better example of loving someone caught in a lesser good go back and listen to the crunch this is all this all makes sense within context of the crunch. No, this is perfect that we're talking about things they have to listen to the first episode for. This is great. It's we're, perfect. This, we're, we're doing exactly what we intended. This is great. Ensnaring them in this endless cycle of A plus content. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, I definitely sympathize with 
the liturgical cringing though. I, I go to this one parish sometimes and it is, I'm not going to say where it is. I go to parishes all over the country, but it's, it's really bad. Like I've, I've come to the conclusion that um, I now go, when I'm at school, I go to a parish with no music. So I don't have to worry about the music. The oh, music is what gets me. Sure. And so there's no music. And well, honestly, it sucks because this beautiful thing that I love so much is kind of lost and stripped away, but it helps me from not cringing in the middle of a liturgy. But anyway, well, yeah, the music, the music is tough. Cause I think, well, you know, respectfully, they, they pick the wrong songs for the moment sometimes. Like, yeah. it, like I think if I think it, like I, I, I kind of am of the mind that if you're going to play a, play a song while the, communion is happening it should be like basically a prayer it should it should be a prayer song not like a uh not like you know a folk a folk song basically like yeah. it, it um and uh yeah no that yeah that that is kind of it is a bummer I, I i sympathize with that like going going to something where you know you might not have to encounter what you don't want to encounter. And one time my, my lovely father saw me getting upset once in the middle of a, a mass. Cause I think it was, I think it was uh, Easter because there was a lot of stuff going on and people were like talking every which way during it. And um, I'm very, by the way, I, I'm not, I, I do love that. I do love, Christmas and Easter only Catholics because I'm glad they're coming to mass at least. Right. Um, yeah. But my dad said, you know, Jesus is here too. And I politely responded. I know that is why I'm upset. Like that's, that I'm not upset. Yeah. I'm not upset at the people talking necessarily. And I don't, it's not cause I don't think Jesus isn't there that that is the whole reason I'm actually upset is because of what is going on, you know? So, yeah. But. Yeah, it's um, I I did I did Eucharistic I did Eucharistic extraordinary minister of Holy Communion when I was in high school, and the worst the worst the worst moment of my life was when a girl walked up with her phone in hand and other arm reached out to receive the Eucharist. Oh. I I couldn't do anything but give her Christ and. I remember it because it was reluctant. I reluctantly gave her Jesus. Right. But this is why this is why I think that you, you this is this is why I'm I'm somewhat pro Eucharistic ministers, extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion, because that moment of the rule is, you know, you cannot deny someone a communion if they present themselves for Holy Communion. As a layperson, you don't have that authority. Sure. So you don't you know have, their soul. Sorry, you don't know their soul. You don't know the, like their state in life, so you can't deny it. Exactly, right? exactly. So even even like priests can't deny. Sure. From, from yeah, and so me looking at it and saying like, you are literally not paying attention to Jesus being handed to you, uh-huh. and it looks to me it like all all get out like it looked like she's in a state of you know not being able to receive communion, but despite that. I am impelled. It would be a mortal sin. It would be grave on my part to not give you Jesus right now. That's crazy. And yeah. I think that's something that we need to learn as a whole is like we have we see people present themselves before us all the time and we look at them and say you don't deserve what I have. <laughs> and that is just an incredibly pig-headed and stupid thing to say. Right. If I am forced by canon law to give actual Jesus sacramentally to a person who I believe is in a state of more in a state of, of grave sin. Yeah. I have friends that like in youth ministry, I know they weren't living a chaste life and I still had to give them Holy communion because I don't know if they've gone to confession yet. I don't actually know. And it was a really good practice of giving them the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. which is what we talked about on the last podcast. But yeah, so I mean, why don't why don't I use? I'm kind of mad at myself right now. Why don't I use that practice of having to give sacramentally Jesus to people I deemed unworthy when I'm just talking to people in everyday life? Well, yeah, you know? right. No, that my spiritual director, um, maybe a maybe a year or two ago, 
told me that I need to work on seeing Jesus in everybody. He's like, just, you have to, and now he wasn't like, he wasn't talking about me like walking up to a random person and just saying like, I see Jesus in you. Like, but it was more of that, that idea of, um, we don't, we don't know someone's interior life. We don't know what state they are in. Um, we just know that we have to, like they're a person and they have the same amount of dignity that, that I do. And they're no, they're no, they're no worse than I am. They're, they're no, there's hopefully I am in a state of grace at all times, but, uh, and hopefully they will be too. But other than that, like they we're, we're both, we're dirt and to dust, we shall return. Right. Like, so the idea of seeing Jesus in someone just kind of means that like your story, just seeing, seeing that we're all, we're all the same and we were all created by the same creator. So we all need to give each other the same amount of love and attention we would give anybody really. And that's so much easier said than done. Well, yeah, because people are everything is people are dumb and like we're dumb and it's frustrating yeah. because you see pe- dumb people do dumb things and you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not dumb. I'm very, very smart. I am. I am awesome. How dare Listen, you? Listen, Patrick, when you turn when you turn 22, the life will be beaten right out of you. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, how it goes. So I'm heard. Yeah, as that's why as... that's why Ethan uh, you think Ethan left for focus. No, he left because he just couldn't handle it anymore. The life had been beaten out of him. You know, when he almost left the podcast, shout out Ethan. Um, that's what I assumed it happened. The mm-hmm. life had been beaten out of him, but yeah, the life was beaten right back into him. And we, yeah, I was going to say, and we pray he gets it back, but I, I'm glad to know he gets it back. Uh, yeah. And it, <laughs> it's, it, it's so, it is incredibly difficult because you, I don't know, because we think, we think that, you know that we deserve something and that people have to earn the right for something but really what right what rights can we give someone we can't give anyone rights so yeah what 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 good are we to them outside of just being a friend at the end of the day well you know yeah so we all we all have people in our lives so we could evangelize better i mean it's really easy to talk in hypotheticals of like, if I, this is why, this is why I always, I always struggle when I'm reading books, like the book that I mentioned, I'm not even going to tell you the name of it because it's on the last podcast. But when Mm -hmm. I read books like tattoos on the heart by father, Greg Boyle, I lied. (laughs) Um, It, it kind of tests me a little bit because it's, it's like, it's likely that I'm never going to be in a position where I'm evangelizing gang members, you know? Sure. And it's really easy to say, to look at a book like that and look at a person like Father Boyle and say, I could do that. You know, but oh, I, yeah, I am so bad at evangelizing the people next to me in general. And I'm the rule of life for the community that I'm living with. Um, it's not a religious community. It's a lay community. But the rule of life I'm, I'm holding in my hand right now, it says in the outward discipline, it says, consider the person within your 10 foot radius more important than yourself. Mm. And I'm worried that I don't do that in general. Like I'm worried. I don't do that with my girlfriend, with my mother, you know, like the people that I love the most in my life. Right. And so I, I struggle. I struggle to think that if I were tasked with something as hard as say going to another country, even and evangelizing, drug runners or evangelizing gang members or prostitutes or stuff like that. Like I wouldn't have the chops to do it. I mean, we opened up the last podcast by asking the question, would you have the chops to convert right from, from Protestantism to Catholicism? Like, would you have the chops to do that? And I honestly think no, because how, and I, it's the worst. Cause I, I should, I should love Jesus because he's, he's closer to me than anyone else. I should love him more than myself. And I, I often, I feel at that so often. Oh yeah, no, I'm a giant wuss, man. Like it, it, it's, uh, 
it's easy like once you <laughs> once you realize it it's very easy to accept it now uh it it's I, kind of freeing yeah i i can't it like even we 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 think in such big grandiose terms like oh i could never do what mother teresa does well don't even think about what mother teresa does think about what your local parish priest does like he's he's on call 24/7 like he's constantly in a position where he has to be with people when they die. He has to be with people when they're sick. He has to be, he, he's at the beck and call of all these people. And then not to mention the emails he gets and the phone calls he gets about all the like stuff that he, he has to take care of that in his, in his world, you know, are less important than the, that stuff. I'm talking about like the parish picnics and all that stuff that are important, but you know, not as important as last rites and yeah, administering so, the sacraments. <laughs> right. So he like, just think it's nonstop. Like, but I'm, I feel like I would be even too much of a wuss for that. Like just the, we, it, yeah. What, man, where was I going? Where was I going other than this mat bashing this self bashing? Admitting, was, admitting that you lack courage. Well, yeah, you, it, we, do you do you cross do you cross the street so you don't have to walk by a homeless person like even like things like that right it's i don't know i don't know how much homeless you deal with but in los angeles i i have i deal with a ton of them yeah um so yeah it's just all these things like it it's uh, i mean I, i'm i'm i go to school in steubenville ohio so like i come across the homeless sometimes but mm-hmm. um the areas of the town are pretty segregated in terms of like, you know, where the homeless people are. So we don't, we don't really pass homeless people on the streets, but, um, but you know what I'm saying? I was just using that as an example of, it could be anybody like, or do you walk, do you, do you see someone crying on the street that might need a, a friendly, just a friend, like a random person to talk to? Do you cross so you don't have to talk to them? Like things like that. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I, I would say when, when it comes to and more pointing the finger at myself, like when it comes to school, I, I don't really do outreach ministry in Steubenville yeah. as much as I should, which is ridiculous because Steubenville has such a high poverty rate. And there's like this whole group of really devout Catholics sitting on a hill <laughs> doing what? And, and OK, don't get me wrong. There are people that go on mission in Steubenville that like are just are phenomenal. They're so dedicated and like, of course, sometimes all they're doing is making sandwiches. And when people invite me to like sandwich making ministry, I'm like my time making yeah. sandwiches. Are you serious? Yeah, and I'm like, what? I have to go Magic on Google idiot. hangout and talk to someone in, in Los Angeles. I don't have time to make sandwiches. Yeah, really. I have a really important podcast. You don't have time to make sandwiches. Okay, that sandwich is going to feed someone who could die tomorrow if they don't have it. You mm-hmm. idiot, Patrick. You're so stupid. Um, yeah, and, and and instead of instead of wanting to do the menial tat the the heavy lifting, it's so much easier to go on a mission trip to Bolivia and take a bunch of pictures with cute little kids that are obviously poor and go. These kids have changed my life. Right, right. You know, it's 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 a lot easier to do that. And I, I, I guess that we're kind of derailing into like no, no missionary tourism. That's kind of, you kind of got to commit, get in, get, get in or get out mm-hmm. sort of deal. But it's, it's, again, it's easier to idealize, um, Calcutta, right? Oh, you, you yeah, were kind of saying, you were kind of saying like people look at mother trees and say, I could never do that. But it's true. It's because what she did was not a mission trip. What she did was she went to Calcutta and she lived there and she cleaned lepers and she kissed people that were dying and had maggots in their skin. Yeah, of she, course you couldn't do that. She became Calcutta basically. Exactly. And there, this, some of the missionaries that I live with and work with and hang out with, they wear this shirt called that says find your Calcutta huh. on it. And it's a really awesome shirt and I love it. And I feel like the answer to that call find your Calcutta is I'm here. I live here. There are people down the street from me that need Jesus Christ. Right. And now how am I going to reach them? That's something that I need. And that's something that I need to figure out. And like, it's, it's tough to, it's tough to, you can, you can say, I, I don't have enough courage. I don't have enough courage. I don't have enough courage. Sure. Neither do the apostles until Pentecost. Right. Luckily, most of us are confirmed. Therefore we have the right to receive power from the Holy Spirit. Sacraments don't just give you like the ability to receive grace. 
they give you the right if you ask for it. Right. So you can you can invoke your sonship of Jesus Christ if you're baptized. You can just say, Jesus, I'm your son. Help me. And he is bound by a promise to us to help us. He made a covenant with us. He's not going to break the covenant. We are. So sure. if you ask him to keep up, hold to, hold to his promise, he's going to do it. He's God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, so uh... you so you can be given the strength to go do these really hard things that make little differences. Man, trippy, bro. Today I stood out in the sun for two hours to hang out with two high school teens. And one of them came late. And of course I had that moment of like, what am I doing? Am I really here to do this? I'm like, well, the salvation of those two kids means more to me than two hours. Or at least it should. So yes, I am going to stand in the hot sun for two hours and play kickball with them and eat popsicles and not talk about Jesus even a little bit. That's what you like, did, that's did. what you did today. That's that's what I did today. I didn't do it on purpose. I didn't talk about I didn't not talk about Jesus on purpose. If they'd asked me about Jesus, I would have. But like that's not what we were doing. We were there to play kickball, and so we did. And so I shared life with them, and I didn't. You know, I I, I it's like oh I'm tempted to I did I did a Bible study yesterday, which was a lot of talking about Jesus. So it feels kind of unweight. It kind of feels weirdly skewed, right? Like yesterday I did a lot of Jesus talking, and today I did not a lot. And so was today a waste? No, because I love two people. Right. Well, the point and that needed to be loved. Yeah. Right. You need to gain confidence and build a relationship. So you can't, you can't just be constantly like, the this is this is the Bible. Let's we're gonna read eight eight read eight chapters and we're gonna meet tomorrow. Like at at some point, that's just diminishing returns, right? So yeah, it to, works for a theology student, but not so much for a high school student. Yeah, because you <laughs> the if you're if you're a theology student. Um, odds are that you chose to take that class and you want to be there on some level, but these high school kids just need someone and they might not be choosing to be where they're at right now. So, yeah. So that's, I guess that's my, that's my point is like evangelization doesn't always look like the, the big, the big fancy. Oh, it, um, I, it doesn't, Zucas. right. It doesn't always, but I would say it rarely looks like that too. Right. Cause you're, Oh yeah. There there's so much more hours in a day than your than the other stuff. So it the then, yeah. the small percentage is the that stuff. The rest of it is just living and be being being, right? So it uh yeah. The more the most important question is did you just dominate them in kickball? Oh, absolutely. I mean, those little legs had no chance. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so we only had we only had five people there so like we played um one base kickball so like it was essentially like cricket there's crickball you <sighs> kick it as far as you can and you just run there and back and if the other person gets the ball and hits you with it obviously you're out and so it was it was really easy because all you had to do was kick it towards the weakest one and the <laughs> oh, others man, yeah. i don't understand why they didn't pick up on that after right. a while you know like oh they're gonna kick it towards that kid right they're gonna kick it towards the short guy who can't jump that high so we should go cover him and make sure they don't right but yeah <laughs> yeah no that's a that's a life lesson you're teaching them Adju- yeah how adjust, to get owned at kickball uh, uh, yeah, that's I, the real evangelization adjust on the fly figure out owning kids at kickball Owning kids at kickball is the new evangelization. Is that, Move over memes. Yeah, is that what you're? That's what you're doing the summer in Houston. Is just crushing kids in sports. I love it. Crushing kids in sports. Yeah. What did you have? You. This is a serious podcaster question coming hot and hard right at you. But I'm ready. I'm ready. I got my baseball glove on. I'm ready to catch you got, it. You got your kickball, your crickball glove on. <laughs> what? When did you decide that? you wanted to do this mission stuff. Like what, what was your attitude going into Steubenville and how, where did you see yourself leaving Steubenville? Like when you, en- you know what I'm saying? When you entered, where did you think yeah, you would exit? Yeah. yeah. So I'm not completely gone from Steubenville. I, Oh, well, that's a good point. For, yeah. So just, just, just like to kind of let, let, let everyone know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing, I'm doing a summer mission. So I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just living this life for this summer and I am actually discerning whether or not this is something I want to do after I graduate. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's where I am for all of your listeners, most of whom don't know me. So hi guys, this is, this is my life. Um, so when I, I do retreat ministry at Franciscan 
and my first semester doing it, it's kind of like a net where there's a team of people who prepare to give a retreat and we travel and give the retreat. Okay. But it's only one or two weekends of the semester. And so we went and we gave a confirmation retreat to about 30 middle schoolers, which first of all, a confirmation retreat is tough because it's required. So not everybody wants to be there. And two, they're middle schoolers. So it's hard to tell them anything. And so I was, I was very like, oh man, what is this retreat going to be like? We got there and all of these kids, we asked them, why are you here? And they're like, well, we have to be confirmed. I'm like, okay, cool. What do you want to learn from this retreat? And this one kid looked at me and goes, I know we're supposed to be confirmed, but I don't really know what that means. Can you tell us? And all the kids were like, yeah, we don't know what it means. Can you tell us? And I was like, this is, this is ridiculous. All of these kids just looked at me and asked me to give them Jesus. Yeah, I've never had this happen before. So I was, I was very, uh, I was very excited. And this retreat was a beautiful retreat. I got so close to these kids. I taught them all about confirmation. I think by the end, they, I taught them like stuff that I wish I had been told in high school, or maybe it was told to me and I wasn't listening. Was pick up your Bible, you hormonal little 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 idiot and just start <laughs> i didn't say that to these kids i said i would say that to myself someone needs to and and, and meet jesus christ mm-hmm. and every day reintroduce yourself to him until you can't imagine living without him and they're like okay cool that makes sense he's a person i get it i'm like okay great this is so good and i saw so much growth in these kids over it was a day retreat too it was a day eight hours and they met jesus and it was amazing mm-hmm. and then my next retreat that semester was the exact opposite oh wow it was a bunch of high schoolers who or no sorry middle schoolers both of them are middle schoolers my high school retreat was last semester and it was great because high school students are just they're so chill i love them anyway these kids did not care and you know what i noticed was it was like it was like a richer community too it was a more wealthy community all they all these kids did i asked them what they do for fun they were like or sorry i was like what do you like to do and they said um play Xbox and eat pizza. And I was like, okay, classic. That's go, what every little kid likes to do. Go so, on but my what do you yacht. Do? What'd you say? Go on my yacht in the Hamptons. <laughs> in the Hamptons. I, this is in Ohio, but sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> we drive all the way up to the Hamptons and uh, go on. A yacht. But, um, but yeah, so, and he, I'm like, yeah, sure. Whatever. I guess, I guess kids like to do that, but what do you actually do? Like, what are your extracurricular activities? And he said, I play Xbox. And I eat pizza. I was like, your parents let you sit there and eat pizza and play Xbox? And I got so mad. And again, <laughs> getting getting back to like the, the thing, and this is kind of where I learned that lesson was these kids' parents, I found out some of these kids' parents were addicted to drugs. Oh. And the reason why, yeah, and it was this idyllic New Englandish town that it was beautiful. And this kid was telling me, I kind of I kind of let um, them all go off and play while I talked to two of them one-on-one in uh-huh. the same room. And a couple of them were like, yeah, my, I had to I had to go live with my uncle because my dad was caught with a bunch of cocaine. And then I had to get kicked out of my I got kicked out of my uncle's house because he got caught with cocaine. And so now my mom and I just live together in our old house. And I'm like, how does that affect you? He's like, it doesn't really. I was like, oh, my gosh, kid. Whoa. Oh, boy. You're in you're in for some serious therapy when you get older. Yeah. He's just and like I was pushing so upset at these parents. And I and two of the parents came to mass and it was a it was a, um, a this is kind of a long version of the story but two of the parents came to mass it was sunday mass and the reading was from isaiah i think and it said uh if you harm one of the least of these if you harm a widow or an orphan i will make your wives widows and i will make your children orphans because hmm. i am the lord god and i am good and merciful and it was just so crazy to me i was like wow that is astounding he's like i love these poor people so much that i will make you poor before i let you hurt them and so I was, I was meditating on that. It was like so beautiful. And then I hear the, the dad behind me go, doesn't sound so good and merciful. <laughs> and I almost lost my ish, Matt. I almost freaked out on this guy. Oh, I bet. And so like we were saying, I was so mad. And then I realized like, why be mad at the parents? I can't change them. They're too ingrained and I don't know them. And I'm, they're just so far out of my reach. These kids right here, they're in my reach. Right. And, they they aren't they weren't really in my reach totally because I am not their youth minister and their youth minister was a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And so I went up to her and I looked at her and I went, Courtney, I just kinda of doxed her on the podcast, but Courtney, <laughs> first of all, I have two I have two 
um, pieces of advice for you is one, love them where they are and keep, be their parent, like guide them out of this toxic, these toxic families that they live in. Yeah. And two, don't stop praying for them. Don't stop praying. Don't get upset because they're not listening to you. And she's like, thank you. I don't remember exactly what I said, but that's something along those lines. And so that's, that's, that's when two things happened to me. The reason why I'm telling that story is this, that first semester of my junior year was when two conversions happened in my heart, like where I wanted to go when I get, when I grow up one of these days, I knew that one, I wanted to work with the youth, specifically high school students. And two, I wanted to give up something. Uh Um, I wanted, I wanted to, I read this book called happy are the poor and I wanted to, I wanted to be poor and it's really hard to do that in America. Honestly, it's really, really hard to be poor in America because it's not like that giving up your possessions is tough. It's that everywhere you look, you have some kind of luxury. And so I realized, you know, maybe I need to go be with the poor. And so I heard about Hurricane Harvey and I remembered my, um, my, my home, my home of Florida was hit by Matthew the year before. And Mm -hmm. so I saw all of this like suffering and this hardship and this heartbreak in Houston, Texas and so I decided that I wanted to go and help there. And Adore Ministries is, if, if giving you the too long, didn't read version of Adore Ministries, mm-hmm. they're the church. They are a community of lay people that, they aren't youth ministers specifically. They're just filling the needs of the church wherever possible. It's an organization where people commit to living a life of community and service to parishes. And so parishes will ask Adore to come to their parish and give them missionaries. And they give missionaries based on how many missionaries they can give. They don't have that many. So we have, Adore has four missions in Houston. I work at one in Dickinson, which is a little bit southeast of Houston. Okay. And so most of us do youth ministry because that's what the church really needs right now is youth ministry. But when Hurricane Harvey hit, they started this thing called Project Starfish where they help out with hurricane relief. So I've been talking for a very long time about Adore, but that's essentially why I'm doing this mission and what this mission is. And that's what I'm discerning on doing for at least the next few years out of college is abandoning kind of professional goals because I had worked at, I had worked at, you know, I'm, I'm also a communications major. So I did some like marketing things and all this stuff. I kind of took away the professional goals and I decided, okay, I'm going to go do a job where I have to fundraise my salary which is a really weird thing to do. I don't know if you've ever had to fundraise your money before, but it's really weird. No, like having I to ask your friends and family for money. Are you familiar with focus? Uh, yeah, just from talking with Ethan and I have a friend, she out oh, here, yeah. she was, she was looking into it a little yeah, bit. So they have the fundraise, they have the fundraise, their salaries. And so do, so do adore missionaries. Um, but I'm only fundraising for the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if you want to, if anybody listening, out there wants to fund help fund my mission <laughs> right um you can go to adoreministries.securegive.com and that's all i'll talk about that because i'm really here to talk to you matt not talk to the people about my monetary needs <laughs> no that's great that was a great answer to the very serious podcaster question and i, I timed myself and that answer took me 10 minutes that's that's awesome <laughs> my buddy and his wife just moved to Houston a few months ago and he he works in a few areas but he's a real estate agent and he told me a few weeks ago about you know selling houses and being in the housing market post Harvey post Hurricane Harvey and he just said you can just see the devastation and see all sorts of stuff and it's yeah it's pretty wild man I've I've never sorry what no go ahead I was gonna say growing up Growing up in Phoenix, like we have no, we get heat, right? That's all we get. Like we get monsoon, we have monsoon season um, and we have like dust storms and stuff, but we're never really, we we don't really have the threat of massive destruction due to, due to uh, weather. So it's always weird to me to see like, you know, devastation caused by tornadoes and and hurricanes and all this stuff. So, yeah, it's um, it's really crazy. I mean, I, I I always say it's better than tornadoes because at least you know it's coming and it's bad. You right. know, and you can get out, or you know it's coming and it's bad, and or it's coming and it's okay, and you can stay. The problem with Houston is that it's not the best evacuation city because they weren't expecting 
a storm this big sure. because they're kind of far off the coast. Right. So a lot of people couldn't get out and a lot of people were stuck on the roads and a lot of people died. Um, that's why people, that's why a lot of people died in Harvey. And like, um, my parish that I'm working at is still under construction and it was September. It worked like we're three months away from it being a year ago and yeah. they're still under construction sure. because the, I, I can, I can show you some pictures. It's pretty crazy. The, I, the, there's a statue of Mary uh, underwater in this picture. She's Whoa. up to her neck in water. And I've seen this statue now in real life. And the statue's not that not that close to the ground. And so, yeah, it, it was it was a lot. The, the city outside of Houston that I'm in, Dickinson, is still rebuilding. But it's it's rebuilding well. It's strong. So the youth group, the youth group isn't that strong because Harvey displaced a lot of the kids. And so that's what that's what I'm doing this summer is slowly working to help my missionary teammates, Chris and Gordon, shout out Chris, shout out Gordon, and uh, help them rebuild the ministry a little bit stronger. Fantastic. That's a, wow. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's great. What I'm doing this summer is uh, just watching sports and uh, eating, what is it? Oh, playing Xbox and eating pizza. That's just kind of what I'm, (laughs) that's just kind of what I'm doing. I'm spending this summer watching sports as well, but that's neither here nor there. That's not part of the mission. No. I have downtime scheduled for that. But that's, that's just real. That's just real life. That's RIL. Um, yeah, man. IRL. Well, uh, I in real life. You said I, RIL. <laughs> IRL. What did I say? I don't yeah. know. We, we whatever. I'm I'm way too old for for all this youth stuff. <laughs> for the youths. Yeah. Um. All right, man. Well, I, We've been going on about an hour here, about two hours of total podcasting time. Well, I feel like Dan Carlin. Dan Carlin is great. I he have you listened to his Common Sense podcast? I have not. It's just, it's like his. He does it maybe once every few months, and it's where he just kind of laments the state of the political, um, political like laments the political state in the country. And it's kind of, it's, he just has like a, I like his voice and I like the way he talks and it's just kind of a fun, depressing podcast. If you ever want to be depressed by the American political system for yeah, I, I, I absolutely 40 minutes, but I absolutely love the way he talks. I could, I could fall asleep listening to his voice, but I don't because everything he says is so interesting. Yeah. The first hardcore history episode I ever listened to was actually the last one. And it was like a really intense, um, really intense episode i think it was it took me it took me a very long time to get through the first series oh yeah no it's no joke so but so yeah everyone you can go to the the website the adore what is it adore ministries you say it again here okay so um wait sorry did you want me to give the donation link or more yeah sure no the donation link Okay, so adoreministries.securegive.com is how you can support any missionary in Adore um, at all. But click me, my face is on there, and you support Patrick Nevy, and then you give um, however much you want to give. You can give it on a monthly basis or a one-time basis. Mm -hmm. I'm only here for the summer, so it's only two and a half months anyway, so it's really not a big deal if you give monthly or you know, one time. Right. Um, yeah. And so I'm 50% to my goal. Wow. And I'm already, I'm already in the thick of it. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to get, I'm hoping to get fully funded by the end of the month. So, yeah. All right. Well, if you're a big, if you're a big time billionaire out there looking to scratch off some cash to a, a young fella doing some good, (laughs) big, big time billionaires. Um, yeah, and again, if you donate, make sure that you let me know. Uh, you can email me, Patrick, at thecrunchcast.com. Let me know right after you donate because, like, I'd love to – sometimes people don't put in their contact information, and I would love to get back to you and keep you like, keep you updated on what I'm doing with my mission because, honestly, uh, the, the one of the mission statements of Adore is a simple Bible verse from Acts 5.20, and it is, uh, tell the people everything about this life. And it's about life. It's the the Bible verse is talking about Christian living, mm-hmm. but I honestly think there's something special about a door. In my first week 
slash two weeks here. I've seen a community that has gone through hell and back. There's so much has happened to them and it's still happening. Yeah. But they're still so dedicated to each other and in love with Jesus and committed to his mission in the church. And the way that they live their lives and the way they talk to each other is amazing. And it should be emulated by everyone. And so I would love to tell you more about this life. So please contact me. Great. That's a great way to end. Yeah, he's at Catholic Pat. So follow him on Twitter. Listen to The Crunch for part one of this two-part lecture. And it is a lecture. We're, we're, <laughs> that's what we do. We lecture people. But um, great. We'll, we'll do this again. We'll, we'll do this again if our co-hosts go out of town or just in general with our co-hosts. So. Yeah, let's bring everybody back. Oh, man, that'll be chaos. Until then, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah.